good morning to you, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVY, the voice, daily in-depth news, conversation, and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. Uh, to all of our listeners, and of course, Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass. Uh, these Thursday drive-time editions of the show are always when we say a happy Friday Eve. Tomorrow is Friday, but today is Friday Eve. Good morning, Matt, to all of our listeners. Happy to be with you, as always. One step closer to Friday, Zach, and uh, appropriately, it's also National Hydration Day, which is quite appropriate where we live in the desert. <laughs> right. In the summer. It, isn't Matt, isn't it illegal for anyone to deny anyone water? I mean, I know, I think restaurants have that rule by the state of Arizona, I but I think I've it's heard people this, too. Yeah, yeah, I believe I've heard that. Yeah, so if someone knocks on your door and asks for water, don't break the law. Give them water. Uh, it's hydration season in Arizona. <laughs> That's right. You know, it's always interesting, Matt, because uh, I grew up on the East Coast. Um, lots of humidity, and it gets hot, but it's a different heat. Uh, if you don't understand the dry heat out here, you don't understand that you have to constantly keep hydrating, something that I'm not very good at, but you have to constantly keep hydrating because this dry heat just sucks it out of you. So good PSA. Absolutely. <laughs> Drink your water, folks. Drink your water, folks. Uh, if nothing else, to celebrate National Hydration Day, a full show today. Uh, let's see. Let me start. Let me start with how we're going to end because I've been really looking forward to this conversation, Matt. I, I never got to uh, enjoy this place, but did you ever go to the old Tulis? In the Lost Barrio. Did you ever make it over there back in the day when it was open? No, I hadn't. And I was fascinated when you uh, mentioned that uh, yesterday in the teaser that it's reopening. So I'm definitely looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, so I'm in the same place. I, I never got over there when it was open. Um, uh, but Patricia Schwabi of uh, Peach Property fame, of Penka fame, Ron Schwabi. I mean, many people will recognize these names. Uh, cut her teeth in the restaurant business with her own Tulis Cafe. I guess the story was that her and her then boyfriend, Ron, uh, and now their husband and wife, and have been that way for a long time, uh, 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 I guess Ron was running this, and he said, I'm going to go do other things. I'm going to close this. And Patricia said, no, we got to keep it open. I'll run it. And she did, I think, for something like 19 years. And then, uh, and then life happened, and she had to let it go. But now it is resurrected for another go and uh many many tucson ogs uh, tucson locals uh, will remember toolies and it is back with the same 1980s menu matt so this will be a fun story at the end of the hour all right looking forward to that for sure for sure for sure um in the lost barrio uh let's see before all is said and done we're going to talk pretty soon uh with the american edge project um so that'll be good that's in just a couple of minutes and then a big day, um, a big day in the Arizona State Legislature, Matt. I texted somebody in the know, and I said, we have a budget in the state of Arizona. Right. And they, text, they texted back and said, dude, that's a four-hour-old story. Where have you been? Of course, cracking the joke. But that didn't happen until, what, 4 a.m. this morning. <laughs> So, so the dawn to dawn uh, budget process wrapped up about four this morning. Um, the state of Arizona has a budget, but here's the unique thing, Matt. At least it's unique to me. Um, I thought this was interesting. I didn't realize this. Um, this budget, and I'll tell you some of my thoughts about it in a little bit. This budget is actually the first bipartisan budget 
since um, Janet Napolitano days in 2008. We haven't passed in the Arizona State Legislature a truly bipartisan budget in 14 years. Well, I hope the quality of the legislators' work at 4 a.m. is better than the quality of work at my work in 4 a.m. So let's just let's just let's say that. <laughs> oh man! And I think the answer to that, Matt, is uh, depends on where you sit and where you stand. Right. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but I just, on the face of it, right, amazing to me um, that. Uh, that uh, and we'll talk about this too. But the Republican-controlled legislature, and by control we mean one seat in both chambers, um, was um, uh, you know um, uh, was forced to negotiate um, with uh, with the Democratic uh, barely minority this year. And then the last time was when the Republican-controlled legislature in 2008 was forced to negotiate with Democratic Governor Janet Napolitano. So we'll talk about that. Big news because obviously it's a it's a big budget. Um, it's a budget that has been long in the waiting. Uh, Governor Ducey has expressed uh, favor for it. It's expected to be signed by the governor when it gets to his desk. But there's a few dynamics in there um, that are that are interesting. So so we'll talk about we'll talk about that as well. And Matt. Before all is said and done, we'll get to check in with the smartest people in Arizona. Do you know who the smartest people in Arizona are? So by your setup, I'm thinking that's not us. I thought that was us. No, it is. Okay. Uh, it is. We're going we're gonna to check in with the Arizona voters and see what they wanted this budget to look like. All right. And we'll see if the budget shaped up to that. But uh, the Arizona voters, um, I have found, are smart. They're in tune. And they know what they want. The question is... To the people they elect, um, follow along. Teaser, not not usually, <laughs> but we'll, we'll check in with the smartest people in Arizona too. So that's our show today. Uh, looking forward to it. It's a full show. Five two zero seven nine zero twenty forty is the live line number you can call, and it's the number that any minute now uh, the Arizona Edge Project will use to call in. They're about in the green room when we come back after our short first break. We'll talk about uh, maintaining Arizona, uh, America's competitiveness through the lens of, uh, of the men and women who work over at the American Edge Project. That's on the other side here on Tipping Point, 1030 The Voice. We'll be right back. local news and talk 1030 the voice why i love where i live it's a brand and movement that began here in tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live located in the open air mercado san Agustin annex just west of downtown it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food drink and other shopping options close by find gifts toys books and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. School's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. 
Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzer here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenzer for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona moving innovation at the speed of business. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. We're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios. It's our Thursday, Friday Eve edition of this Drive Time Hour of Tipping Point. Lots to cover on the show, but our, our next conversation to the bottom of the hour um, is with uh, Doug Kelly, the CEO of the American Edge Project. Doug, good morning to you. Thanks for being with us on the air. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. For sure. Uh, so, uh, tell me a little bit about, real quick, uh, your work uh, just in American politics. Uh, you've been involved in uh, presidential, gubernatorial, other statewide campaigns, um, as well as a lot of other diverse work. Um, what did you see in that part of your life that uh, got you involved with American Edge? And then we'll get into that. 
Yeah, I, I spent most of my life in advocacy, whether it's political advocacy or helping nonprofits grow or, you know, even running my own business for a while. Um, and, you know, for me, my home state is Michigan and, you know, small manufacturing community. And I saw that some of the decisions that Congress made in terms of laws they passed really hurt our manufacturing base. And so kind of fast forward, you know, 30 years from where I grew up, um, when, you know, I saw what was potentially happening to American technology and its importance and some of the things Congress was considering, I said, hey, I got, I got to get involved and help here because we can't make the same mistake again. Hmm. So, 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 so tell me now a little bit more about the American Edge Project. Um, I have the website up. Folks can go to AmericanEdgeProject.org. But there's a lot on this website. If you had to distill it down to uh, two or three sentences, well, what is the what is the goal right now of the American Edge Project? Yeah, sure. So the American Edge Project, we're a coalition of 24 different groups uh, from across the country, representing different small businesses, minority businesses, technology companies as well. And what we try and do is tell the positive story about technology in America, right? It's not just another sector of the economy, right? It's, it's critical. It's a critical backbone for our national security, our economy, and as well as the expression of our values. So our kind of central thing is, given that technology is so important to every aspect of our lives, that we want to do things that encourage more innovation, and discourage things that are going to hurt America's ability to innovate. Got it. And what is the connection that y'all see to um, to technology? I mean, technology is a big umbrella. Uh, when you're looking to um, encourage Congress to continue to giving our country and communities a competitive edge as far as technology goes, what are you specifically speaking about? Sure. So. You know, for 50 years, uh, our antitrust law, um, that kind of governs companies and anti-competitive behavior and other things like that. Kind of the, the deciding principle underneath that was, okay, how does this impact the consumer, right? It's called the consumer welfare standard. And it's worked pretty well, right? Because at the end of the day, you measure things by, hey, are consumers seeing higher prices? Are consumers being... Uh, hurt overall. And that standard has worked really well for virtually every type of industry. But some in Congress right now want to change that standard to move it away from protecting consumers to protecting specific competitors. And the problem with when you start kind of the government starts picking winners and losers is that one, it doesn't always do that correctly. And secondly, what happens is that ends up adding more cost to consumers. And, you know, I would argue that at the time that we're facing the highest inflation in 40 years, near record high gas prices, uh, the wrong thing to do is to raise costs on consumers. Instead, keep that current consumer welfare standard as it is, and that will work for most of the situations we're in in this country. Doug, can you, is there a, an example that you're able to share of, of something that that the project is working on that can kind of give an example to, to what you're speaking about. Yeah, sure. So let's let's talk. Let's bring it right home to Arizona, right? So Arizona has an amazing uh, tech sector. Like you guys are one of the best 
um, in the country, right? There's, uh, you know, hundred almost 200,000 people are employed in the tech sector there. It has an impact of almost $30 billion on the economy. And you guys are launching startups left and right, almost 700 startups over the last five years that have gotten $4 billion in funding. So that creates jobs, it creates dynamism in the state, uh, and it makes it a magnet for other types of even non-technological investments because people see like, hey, Arizona's got it going on. But some of the bills in Congress would restrict um, companies, some of the biggest tech companies from engaging in mergers and acquisitions, right? Some of these startups that are happening in Arizona, most of their goal, 60% of startups, they wanna be acquired by a larger technology company. And that's how they raise money from investors. That's how they make a return. And some of these serial entrepreneurs will go back and then create another business. So things that, uh, so laws that get in the way of raising capital, of creating capital, raising money for startups, even dictating which lines of businesses certain companies can be in, that's fundamentally against our free market principles. And so we don't want Congress to do any harm to tech innovation. We want to make sure that we're getting this right because we're in a really, really tight competition with China as we race for the technologies of the future. Doug, how does the uh, how does the phrase big tech um, fit into this? Uh, I think uh, whatever companies fit into that umbrella, uh, I think the, the whoever they are, and I'm I don't know. I think everyone's definition would be different, but whoever <laughs> says this is a big tech company, I think big tech is under attack um, by um, by the um, uh, progressive left as well as the populist right right now. It's a really interesting moment in, in American politics as far as that is going. And I don't want to get into politics here, but uh, since you brought home to Arizona, there's a Senate candidate um, funded by a big tech venture capitalist who is running on reining in big tech. Is there anything that you're working on related to those questions at the American Edge Project? Yeah, so generally when people think of big tech, right, they think of the, the big five, right? Facebook, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, and Google. Um, and look, our American tech companies don't always get it right, right? There's certain things that, yeah, they got to fix and, and that. But at the end of the day, those companies um, are our kind of franchise player. You know, to use a sport analogy, they're our franchise player when it comes to leading the globe in innovation, but also in investing in critical technologies of the future, like artificial intelligence, like quantum computing, uh, as well as uh, you know new wireless technologies as well as cybersecurity. And all of those things really, really play a critical role in our national security. Um, in fact, China has really big plans to kind of go grab those four technologies as well. And so from our point of view, it really matters which country builds the future. And sometimes in American politics, right, we can really focus on our own, our country only and just our yeah. internal business. But in reality, we're playing in a global environment. And China's goal is to be the number one technology leader in the world by 2035. It would seem, Doug, they're well on their way. 
Yeah, I mean, look, they, they not only steal about $500 billion dollars in technology a year from us, right? But they also are investing trillions of dollars in these technologies. And so, yeah, big tech, like I said, doesn't always get it right. But the worst thing that we can do is hamstring our best innovators and hand that edge over to China. Like that, we did that with manufacturing, right? I started off the show talking a little bit about my experience in Michigan. Our manufacturing muscle was the envy of the world. Yes. And a handful of bills passed, and next thing you know, five million manufacturing jobs lost, lost, many of them going over to China. And we can't do the same thing with technology. So that's what the American Edge stands up and fights for. We're with Doug Kelly this morning, the CEO of the American Edge Project. Doug, I've got two to three minutes uh, more on the two side now. Um, what what is uh, what do you want to see the policy direction be of Congress to keep American technology competitive and uh, not just at pace with China, but beating China? Because I think it is important who wins uh, to be plain. Yeah. So think of. Uh laws that encourage more public-private partnerships, right? So these uh, large innovative tech companies are really creating cool new technologies that have dual uses, right, both on the commercial side, but also that can help our national security as well. The second thing I think I would like Congress to do is to, man, the pandemic really showed the danger of having too much critical technology being built and made overseas. So past legislation that helps kind of reshore that critical technology. So we build more things like microchips um, and other critical technologies here in the USA. So we're not dependent on any country, um, either through a pandemic or a lockdown or, uh, you know, an invasion, frankly. So those are two things Congress should do right away that would really help our country. Got it. Um, Anything real quick that's going through Congress right now? that is uh, worrisome to you? Well, I'll Any tell legislation? You, you know, there's these anti-innovation bills um, that are, you know, really focused on these tech companies. But I would encourage your audience to make their voice heard, right? I mean, they know how big a tech footprint is in Arizona. And these laws in D.C., if they're passed, they'll hurt technology and job creation in Arizona. So I would pick up the phone and call your two U.S. senators and your representative and say, hey, don't do things that hurt U.S. technology and innovation. Do things that help it grow and help accelerate it. Because at the end of the day, like Arizona is a really great case study in how do you create an, uh, an innovation ecosystem. And laws at the federal level that change and hurt technology and capital formation, that's really going to hurt Arizona as well. Doug Kelly, CEO of the American Edge Project at AmericanEdgeProject.org. Thank you, sir, for starting your your Friday Eve, your Thursday with us. And uh, thanks for sharing this information. And we'll, we'll chat again soon. Hey, thanks. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Doug. Tucson, when we come back from our bottom of the hour news break, a few thoughts from me on an historic, at least in the last 15 years, Arizona State Legislature budget. And then uh, Patricia Schwabe will be with us to talk about the, uh, the resurrection of Thule's in the Lost Barrio. We'll be right back. 
school's out and summer's here. And now's the best time to come out in the evenings and catch Tucson's professional soccer team, FC Tucson, in action. We're back home June 11th for Forever Pride. Fireworks and a salute to the troops on July 3rd. Celebrating Tucson's birthday on August 20th. And don't miss our defending WPSL Desert Conference champions in action. The FC Tucson women have home games June 3rd, June 19th, June 24th, and July 1st. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours now at fctucson.com. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash offer.com. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, the voice. Welcome aboard. Uh, it's good to be with you on this Thursday, Friday Eve edition. Uh, a, uh, a listener um, texted in over the break, Matt, and said their decibel coffee um, this morning uh, is delicious and it made me think that now is a perfect time to say that uh, Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee that the Yensers drink at home <laughs> while we're out and about um, run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks beans pastries and more ice cream is on its way actually that's false I need to update that because ice cream is here you can see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans at Decibel, D-E-C-I-B-E-L, coffeeworks.com. Uh, more importantly, visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento uh, between Congress and Cushing on Avenida del Convento. It's the Mercado San Agustin Annex. Mention you heard about them here on Tipping Point for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. So always fun, Matt, to hear from listeners live in real time say, hey, that decibel coffee is pretty good, and it is. Um, it's what I'm drinking too this morning, right now. Good stuff. So, so go get it. It's not. Uh, it's easy to get to off the highway. Uh, let's see. We just got off the phone with Doug Kelly with the American Edge uh, Edge Project, and uh, that unlocked a whole Pandora's box for me. Uh, and I won't. Uh, um, I won't go there because I don't have time, but an interesting conversation around how does American technology and innovation stay competitive 
Um, and I don't know if this is revelatory, but we're going to have to work on it. You know, I think there was a large chunk of the 20th century where America was the de facto leader in innovation and technology and manufacturing and so on. And I think it's becoming pretty clear that we are now going to have to really make sure the wheels are greased to keep up with the likes of China and other uh, and other countries. Uh, in the case of China, I think it's pretty imperative that the U.S. continue to be not only competitive but also the leader uh, in, in these things. Um, it's important, I think, who wins um, in, in that race, uh, especially when it comes to China. And I think our China policy as a country is is unclear um, at best and insufficient, maybe at little bit less than best. <laughs> but here we go. Uh, not what I want to talk about this segment. Uh, I wanted to check in this morning uh, in light of Arizona passing a budget in the wee hours of the morning. Uh, Arizona legislative leaders adopted an $18 billion bipartisan budget is the headline from Howie Fisher Capital Media Services. It gets piped all over the state. This is the first budget that has been passed in a bipartisan way since Janet Napolitano uh, and the Republican majority legislature in 2008. But I wanted to check in with the smartest people in Arizona. The smartest people in Arizona. And the smartest people in Arizona are the Arizona voters. The Arizona voters don't get enough credit. Um, I think Arizona voters from the data I've looked at, from the conversations I've had, anecdotes, data, whatever it is, cut it any way you want. I think Arizona voters are pretty in tune to the issues of this state. And I am pretty confident that the voters of Arizona know what this state needs, they know what it wants, they know what the future needs to look like. The question is, is do the people they elect over time understand that? And I think the answer is pretty much no. But I wanted to check in with the smartest people in Arizona. And uh, there was a survey done by um, the Arizona Voters Agenda out of an organization called the Center for the Future of Arizona. They checked in all over the state with likely Democratic, Republican, and Independent voters uh, in partnership with uh, High Ground uh, Consulting um, out of Phoenix. And they said to these voters, uh, the state legislature has a $5.3 billion surplus. What do you want done with it? 70% of Republicans, 95% of Democrats, and 93% of independents and non-affiliated voters believe that the tax burden um, is fair and low. There was agreement at those numbers on investing the surplus, and the places they wanted invested was in critical infrastructure and education over cutting taxes. 82% of likely Arizona voters, the smartest people in Arizona, agreed that instead of cutting taxes, the state should make strategic investments. I think by and large, uh, we saw saw a lot of that happen in this budget. Uh, And it was interesting because uh, Republican legislative leaders were unable to get votes from their own members, had to go cut a deal with Democrats by offering $60 million more in funding for public education than the GOP and Republican Governor Doug Ducey had proposed. This led Rusty Bowers to say, do your own thing, great. March out there in your purity and condemn, unquote. 
The Arizona Constitution gives the legislature one mandatory job, adopt a budget, and that's what we're doing. So controversy around tax cut, no tax cut, invest in education, not invest in education, allocate money towards the wall or not, all of this sausage-making uh, led towards the first bipartisan budget in a number of years with uh, funding, more funding, um, allocated not only to public education but also to private and charter. Lots in here. Uh, I'm running out of time. Uh, but the news item for you is that uh, while most of us were asleep this morning around 4 a.m., the Arizona legislative leaders adopted an $18 billion bipartisan budget that I think in many ways uh, matched the desires of the smartest people in Arizona. And our legislators, our candidates, our statewide people should be listening to the smartest people in Arizona. It was interesting, Michelle Ugenti Rita um, was pushing for another tax cut, a tax cut that uh, re conservative Republican Rusty Bowers and conservative Republican Karen Fan said we can't afford another permanent tax cut. We can adapt the property tax, and we will uh, for this for this year one time, but we can't do another tax cut. And that desire for uh, another tax cut was against the uh, the instincts of 70% of Republican voters, 95% of Democratic voters, and 93% of independents and un unaffiliated voters who are, by the way, most concerned about economic growth, rising costs, housing, affordability, and gas prices. Y'all, it is time that we focus on the actual work, that we focus on the very clear imperatives from Arizona voters who understand that the Sunbelt state that we live in is changing. The era of low tax, low service, low wage, uh, that ship left a few years ago, and some people haven't noticed. Now, by the way, I am a guy that is uh, about economic efficiency, lower regulation, uh, 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 keeping uh, taxes uh, at a place that makes sense. Um, that is encouraging to people to come and stay, right? I'm there. I don't want anyone to hear anything different. But at some point, you have to invest and put fuel in the tank on the things that not only matter for long-term success in a changing state, but you have to do it in a way that, by the way, matches the overwhelming majority of the smartest people in Arizona, and that is the Arizona voter. The data is just so clear. So there you go, Arizona. You got a budget. Congratulations. <laughs> when we come back from uh, bottom of, uh, not bottom of the hour, we just did that. We're going to go to our final break of the hour. When we come back, Patricia Schwabi will be with us. We'll talk about the uh, the round two of Tuli's Cafe in the Lost Barrio. And uh, another go of a classic in Tucson. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. 
Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their bee on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. This is Bill Buckmaster. Join me at noon on 1030, Tucson's Voice for Trusted News Talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live out of the Common Workspace Studios this Friday, Thursday Eve edition of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. We are now in studio live with the one and only Patricia Schwabe uh, to talk about the reopening of Tuli's in the Lost Barrio. Many of our longtime Tucsonans, longtime listeners will remember uh, the first round of, of Tuli's, a very cool Tucson story uh, resurrected for another go. And of course, before we get into it, Patricia's with us in studio. Uh, we want to thank Vantage West Credit Union, um, who has supported our series here called Essential Customer, where we get to spotlight amazing Tucson businesses of all kinds uh, that have not only come out of and thrived uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic, but are future forward, have success 
um, ahead. And we want to encourage our listeners now and throughout this segment to be essential customers, right? We've heard of essential workers uh, over the last couple of years, but you are essential customers. You help businesses uh, like Patricia's and Thule's uh, to succeed uh, and do well. So with that, Patricia, thank you for making time this morning. It's so good to see you in studio. Zach, thank you so much for the opportunity to come and share a little bit about Thule's and and to participate in that awesome program that Vantage West has uh, to to support local local um, I don't know sweet spots in yes, our community. Yes, absolutely. So obviously, we want to talk about the fact that Toolies is open and what you've got going on in the future. But your your personal story around Toolies Cafe is incredible. Um, your then boyfriend Ron, uh, who oh, you read that newspaper, uh, of course, <laughs> of course, um, I, I think was was running Tully's Cafe. He owned the he owned the business that office there because she's always been real estate. Yes. But but like we've done since then in other buildings, there there was a space that he thought oh it should be some kind of retail or cafe. Mm-hmm. So. Besides running his development company business, he decided to open this turkey taco shop. Okay. And it was kind of innovative because the only meats was turkey, <laughs> and everything was done from scratch, and it was just tacos, and it was just a, a window on Park Avenue in the wow. Los Barrio, and, yes. and his employees were, they would help, they would do real estate, but also help. And, and then at some point he got tired of trying to be in real estate and in the restaurant business. And by then I had met him and I had already enjoyed some of the meals there. And he had staff that decided to leave town like people sometimes do. And they say, hey, I'm leaving town. Ciao here. I'm gone. And he was going to shut it down. And, and you said, and I said, no. that's crazy. Everybody loves the tacos. <laughs> and he literally said, you can have it because I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't have time. I don't care. Right. Were you married at this no. point? No. You were no. We dating. We were just dating. Yes. And I was also doing real estate with another company in town wow. uh, to some realty back then. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, of course, I'm just going to run it. <laughs> and it was really very much like that. And, and I found a lady that cooked really well. And Amazing. I found another lady that baked really well. And he was... A lot of learning and, and understanding how the business works. I never worked in a restaurant before. Wow. But my mom cooked well and my family. And so at least I know what good flavors are, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you, and, and Tulis has always been special because it's mm-hmm. always had that feeling of a very mom and pop restaurant where people feel like your mm-hmm. grandma is cooking for yeah, you true. or somebody. Because so it's pretty small inside. It's very tiny. A, a, still a, a tiny. great patio as well. Very nice but, patio, but, very but it's still very small. Yeah. And we do everything from scratch. Wow. And at some point, we expanded and we put pulled pork. So oh. we have pork, <laughs> the other fancy white meat. And uh, so it's turkey. And and then we have pulled pork. But also, it's kind of, we didn't think we were being innovative or anything. But mm-hmm. even back then, and I'm talking 25 years ago, almost 30 years, um, <laughs> we had... Um, the guacamole taco, and we had the vegan burrito, and we had the vegan bowl, which I don't even know how we did that because it wasn't such a trend. Right, at but, all. But yeah. maybe the customers wanted those things, and and we always had those options, which now seem like so basic in every restaurant. Right. But people remember that, hmm. that we always cl- cooked everything very clean, 
everybody would say, well, the, your beans have lard. And I would be like, no, lard takes great, but we don't have lard. We just season them well. And so people could have like a big bowl of like black beans with a bunch of veggies and salsas and and avocado on the top. And, <laughs> and that would be the air special. <laughs> and everybody loved that. Amazing. And yeah. you did that for... 19 yes, years. Yes, a lot of years. And then we had a, I had a little family, uh, um, uh, I don't know how to, I don't want to call it a tragedy because that's not the right emotion, but my sister passed away that year and I was going a lot to San Diego and, mm. and I just didn't have the, yeah. the happiness inside to run to Liz. And I already had another restaurant downtown, Penka. Uh, Penka, yeah. And I was like, Penka's enough right now. And it really took this long to get excited again. Mm. And I don't think it was all the morning of, of that, my sister, because she really didn't have anything to do with Tulis, but she enjoyed Tulis a lot when she visited. But um, but the street had a lot of construction and then the construction mm -hmm. on Broadway, and it just never felt like the right time. And then, of course, COVID, but really it was more the construction. Mm. And finally, when Broadway started clearing up, at yes. least to Campbell. right. <laughs> It just was like, okay, this is the time. We need yep. to get ready to reopen. Yep. And, and the right time for Patricia Schwabe was the the heat of June of course. in Tucson. Of course, Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell Let's me about make that. It, <laughs> make it the hottest <laughs> summer, the earliest hottest summer ever. You know what? I don't know. We were just ready, and we can hire some great people. We have a really sweet staff, and people want to work, and they were excited, and we had everything permits everything was done to make sure that operation was back in order and mm -hmm. and and I just couldn't make more excuses not to open it was ready right. we started planting a garden the garden is doing really well we have tomatoes and cucumbers and chiles and mint and so it was like well we're gonna have to deal with the heat and uh, it's still a beautiful patio you can go right at eight and get a really amazing juice we want a big mm -hmm. juicer so we can juice the carrot ginger orange juice and a beet juice and a green juice and that's really nice and refreshing and and we have the baked goods and in the morning vegan scones and cookies and we have all the great burritos if you want to start your morning with a hearty mm. breakfast the corn cakes are vegan they've always been vegan they're back with a vegan um, cholula butter mm. and a, a, a jalapeno syrup and so there's a lot of great options it does get warm in the patio by 11. We do have a nice space inside where you can eat inside. And then we just close at three. Right now okay. continues to be just breakfast and lunch. The good news, and, and these are real news because I don't think anybody else has heard yet. Uh -huh. um, we did apply for a liquor license. Okay. And we're just waiting for the final approval. Awesome. And we're gonna expand uh, into the next space. And we're gonna have more of a afternoon evening service there. And we'll be able to have beer and wine, so I love it. people can stop there in the afternoons when it's cool. a little cooler yep. before October brings us cooler w weather, and start enjoying like I don't know a meal with a glass of wine or mm -hmm. with a cold michelada or something. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is for the uh, the OGs listening who uh, went to Tuli's back in the day. Your menu is. is the same 1980s menu. Yes, I mean, it's a 100% throwback. It's 100% throwback. It's so cool. Because people want the same thing. You were a, you were a visionary then? I don't know. It's, it just, it's on point it just now. Made, made, point, made sense then. And people, I mean, people are still going, well, it doesn't taste exactly the same. And I'm like, well, these kids are like new kids and they probably were 
I don't know, 15 or 12 <laughs> when I close. They don't, they don't know. But they're trying their best. We have yeah. a really sweet group. You just can't please everybody. Well, but people are, are being very supportive. <laughs> and they go, I think that cookies need more cinnamon. And I'm like, okay, note. We're taking note. Sure. I love that. And yeah. uh, <laughs> and we take all of those comments as people that care. And they yeah. just want to make us better. And I s- well take it. Bring us the comments. And uh, we want to be that... Um, mm sweet spot in the Los Barrio where people can come and enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy just a good simple but good meal made with a lot of uh, love mm-hmm. and and then also enjoy the shops it's a great place it to to stop and we're so close to the university mm-hmm. so close to downtown very close even for people that I used to get a lot of people that they would stop when they would arrive from the airport mm. Because they just come down Kino and then turn right, left, yeah. and it used to be—I mean, it was very popular with a lot of people that would be on the wow. flight attendants and people. They would be like, "Oh, this is our first spot." Mm-hmm. And and the and we've been saying the Lost Barrio, but it's uh, give me give me the cross street. So it's and, Park Avenue yeah. and Broadway. So mm-hmm. it's the old Park Avenue. If people remember that, <laughs> because then Park Avenue became like Euclid's Park somewhere mm-hmm. over there, like farther south. But this is the Park Avenue. If you're coming from the U of A, it's kind of the same Park Avenue. So on Broadway, you turn a block, a street east of Euclid. Okay. So if you're coming from the east side and you hit Euclid, you pass us. Got it. Um, and if you're coming from downtown, you pass Euclid, and then you turn right on the next street. You turn Got south. Got it. Do so, it's, so it's really good location. Uh, yeah. It's really pretty. Plenty of parking. Plenty of parking. It's very pretty. Um, for the whole old folks or the people that used to come before, I mean, it just brings sweet, sweet memories. Yes. But it's a great spot to discover for those mm-hmm. in Tucson this summer. They just try new things because they're here, and we want right. to do fun things while we're here too. 100%. That's a good spot. We're trying to get music every Sundays. Okay. Um, so we have a little bit of music. We've had it in the af- later in the day. I think we're gonna move it uh, earlier, maybe by ten. Just have a little bit of music for brunch. Um, and stop by. Yeah. Let us know what you think. Absolutely. You can send comments on Instagram and Facebook. We, yes. we read them. <laughs> yes. No, this is great. I'm excited to come by. I, I didn't get to eat there when it was open the first time. So I'm getting... Because looking, you were like 10. I, uh, <laughs> no. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I might be a little older than you yes. think. I, okay. uh, I have a baby face that has plagued me for my <laughs> entire life. But, uh, um, um, but no, I'm looking forward to discovering this. And... You mentioned that you know the indoor space is a little bit smaller and more intimate. Um, they still see it's reservations. Like 12. No, people no, can just no. roll up. Just and walk in. We okay. have tables. It's Great. fine. Perfect. Um, and we do have. Uh, I mean, I'm emphasizing the juices because those are great. Um, and then we have fresh uh, limeade and jamaicas, and we have the um, kombucha. So mm-hmm. it's a good selection of like cold, refreshing drinks and, like I said, great food. Wonderful. 299 South Park Avenue reopened Friday, June 3rd, and I uh, was so excited to have this conversation Open Tuesday with to you. Sundays. Tuesday through Sundays. Monday's our day off. Perfect. Uh, and Perfect. just let us know what you think. Send comments. Yeah. We'll, we'll love to hear. I love and it. And thank you, Vantage West, really, for 
for giving support to all these uh, small sure. businesses. For sure. No, I ditto that. Patricia Schwabe, uh, already successful in Tucson. Much success to this as well. Thanks for coming on and for being with us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tucson, that does it for our uh, drive time hour today. We'll be back Friday, same time, same place. Daniel Hernandez will be with us, a state lawmaker, also running for Congress. We'll have that conversation. Hugh it up next. Bill Buckmaster at noon, Tucson. We'll see you tomorrow, Friday. Thanks for listening.